0: Okay, so, um, I don't even, so, I got framed for murder over the weekend, um, what happened was, like, some, there was, like, this elaborate scheme where, like, Val, like, Val Kilmer and Robert Downey Jr. came to my door and asked me if I had anything to do with the suicide of Michelle Moynihan's little sister. I said no, and then Robert Downey Jr. um, tried to play, tried to do the one bullet in the chamber thing, and then he immediately shot me in the head, then I woke up. So now I'm convinced I'm in the Happy Death Day universe now. That's all I got. I don't know.
1: That's pretty good. I like that.
0: Welcome to, the, welcome to the Meister Movie Podcast, everybody. <laughs> Zach would have said That's something uh, about that.
1: <laughs> pretty, pretty crazy. Oh, oh, you were starting there. I thought you were gonna get like some music or something.
0: No, <laughs> I got nothing. Gotcha. Yeah, I should have consulted you. About no, the that you,
1: got, you had something that was pretty crazy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. So uh, last last time, if you guys remember, probably not. Um. We uh, spun the wheel of good for the last time before we start a new series next week. No, no, we spin the wheel next week to see what series we're doing after that. Tonight we yeah. today we're spinning the uh, the bad wheel. God have mercy on our souls. Um, yes. If you're not, or go ahead, Alex. I was going to say we are yes. Yeah. Um, if you couldn't tell already, Zach uh, Zach is not here tonight or today. Jeez, it's three in the afternoon. Um, very weird for us yeah presumably he uh, got got in a spectacular uh, van crash over a highway bridge Um, what is 16 people shot it's always 16 it's always 16 Um, so so yeah we, we spun the good wheel last time and we landed on kiss kiss bang bang I did not remember that until probably Friday night, <laughs> two days ago. Yeah, that was that was a wild time to be alive. Um. So um, it's pretty. It's actually pretty light on news. Zach's gonna yell at us because there's gonna be so, there's usually Zach does the news, and he has a bunch of stuff he wants to talk about. But in general. In terms of like movies, not a lot happened. Besides something we're gonna get into, um, I know Hellboy got a red brand, got a red band trailer. It was pretty hilarious. Um, that's that's pretty much all I remember. Yeah. Was yeah,
1: it, not, not much happened.
0: So uh, besides the fact that we got a female led. Superhero movie that came out this weekend. Captain Marvel. The MCU's latest. Um... I saw it Thursday night. It is... And, um... Newsworthy. It is, uh... Doing double... It did double the Friday opening that uh, Wonder Woman did. When it came out. So... Open the floodgates, MCU. Um... So it looks like, if I'm looking at this right, Variety says that uh, Get the Marvel's box office right now is at $153 million. Wow. So um, I can't wait for either Shazam or Endgame to end that. Most well, certainly Endgame, but you never know with Shazam. Shazam's coming out in two weeks. Um, or is it two weeks? I'm not sure. Might be three. I don't, I don't freaking know. Um, I
1: think Shazam will make a, a decent amount of money. Uh, I think it'll probably be a hit of some kind, but uh, Endgame uh, is probably going to make a butt ton of money.
0: What are the odds at Lance three hundred million first weekend? Endgame.
1: Uh, domestic, I don't know. Maybe, maybe.
0: Like, we're talking about the culmination of what now? Eleven years of the MCU? No, ten. When did Iron Man come out?
1: Two thousand eight.
0: Ah, right, okay. So, um, so, right, my review, um, solid. I, I think, I saw it it Thursday night, really late, um, it was pretty solid, um, not the MCU's best, um, obviously, but I'd say, it's not like, okay, let me, let me just set the bar here, this is not Thor The Dark World. Let's let's um let's build from there. It's not Thor the Dark One. Okay. All right. So, but it's like it reminded me a lot of Doctor Strange, where it wasn't its best, but it was still solid in its own way. You know. Okay. It was one of the good ones, but they've all been good except like they just released recently. Like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe by the Rotten Tomatoes scores. Um, and, like, right now, Captain Marvel's sitting at 83, which is good. Uh, that's right around where Rogue One scored when that came out. It's above average. Yeah, it's above average. Um, doing above par. So, um, yeah, it's pretty... If you look up Chris Stockman's review of it, I'm kind of in that, I'm kind of, that's kind of like my thoughts on the movie, but I'm a little more generous to it, I, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed it more than he did, but I kind of have the same opinions about it than he did, um, so like, I don't know Alex, prod me, ask me something, I don't know where to start,
1: (laughs) what did you think, what did you think of Brie
0: Larson? She was good. She was not as good as she could have been. In fact, there were moments what? where there were moments in the movie where I'm like she's just there. She's not giving it her all. But she's I guess it was good enough for the role. It was it didn't exceed anything. It was just good enough for the role. And I don't blame I don't want to say I blame Brie Larson Bree Larson entirely for it. She did play Carol Danvers, um, but I I think it's more on the directors, honestly. Just because like she's obviously Oscar Oscar winning actress and did she win or did she only get nominated? No, she won. She for won. Room. She won for Room, right? Yeah, she won. Oh, she won. Okay. For some reason, I'm thinking Alicia Vikander won that year. Um. So like, she's super talented. I just felt like she was way too talented for her to like mail it in. So I f- I feel like it was just her. I I think it was I. I want to say it was the directing. That kind of led her astray a little bit, like she just, uh-huh. she just, I think, she just played the role. That's what it felt like to me. And there were a few moments where I'm just like, ah, I do another take. Um, but like,
1: do you, do you feel like maybe she was going for stoic no. and uh, quiet, but strong, and it just came off something different?
0: No, I just think like it felt like her. Like, the quippy moments where she's, like, where she's kind of, like, um, where she's trying to be, where she's not trying, where she's not trying to be stoked, she's trying to be more relaxed or something like that, or more, like, friendly. She just, it just felt forced, like, she was, like, forcing herself to be, like, kind of like that, kind of like, have a cheerful side, but, um, I mean, when she was tough, she was tough. Don't get me wrong, um... But, like, when she was trying to be happy, it kind of felt like... It kind of felt forced. I mean, she was trying to be emotional. She, it was really... It really felt forced. But I guess that's kind of what they were going for. But that's going into spoiler territory, honestly. Um...
1: Yeah, I mean, did she hang out as a soldier with the alien society yes. that took everything too seriously in the first place?
0: Yes, yes. That That, 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 yeah. is, that is indeed the context. Spoiler alert. Um... Minor spoiler alert. But she did have, like, kind of like a charismatic little side to her where she's just like, you know, like, at like if you're at work and, like, you're trying to take the job seriously, but there are times where you're just, like, there's a little bit of banter and everybody's smiling and giggling and having a good time with a little bit like that, but then as soon as you're back at work, you're just stoic and hard-faced and you're trying to work. Like, it was kind of like that, if I can equate it to anything, if that makes sense.
1: Okay, I gotcha.
0: Um. De aging Samuel L. Jackson. My god, I didn't even notice. They finally learned from Rogue One, Alex. They learned.
1: Well, Marvel was always
0: better at it. Alright. Well, somebody got the memo. Somebody learned. Um. So. Uh, CGI was. Well, CGI. Um, for a Marvel movie, it was, it it wasn't as. It was the but the C. I think the CGI was better than Black Panther, to be honest. Um,
1: yeah, I agree. Black Panther doesn't have very good CGI.
0: No. Um. Not to- yeah, not towards <laughs> the end. Towards the end, it's like, what? Um, you could tell that um, resources were diverted for an uh, Infinity War. And possibly endgame too. Uh, they were filmed back to back. Um What else? Like oh yeah, the cat's hilarious. In a Marvel way, too. Um Oh yeah. Stanley let I me mean, you've probably read about this. Stanley has two cameos in the movie. The first one is awesome, you'll know it when you see it. And then the second one, Alex, you will love. I think you'll love it. Uh, I have not read about this so he has two I counted as two like have you read about like the reason why people are there was a moment in the movie very 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 early on that people cheered for have you read about that nope okay then that's the first then that's the first uh Stanley thing you'll you'll know it when you see it um, okay the second one I think is it probably it's probably gonna break the universe from what I'm reading but Alex I think you'll like it especially with the reference it's making towards um huh it's timely I'll just say that it's a very timely for 1995 um
1: for 1995
0: yeah it's a timely reference to, to a
1: 1995 um, film speed nope Huh? Interesting.
0: Okay. Um. Just think a Stanley cameo in a 1995 movie. Huh? I'll
1: have to think about that for a
0: bit. Yeah. I'll I'll go on. Um. er yeah, yeah, Stanley cameo in a 1995 movie. You'll not a superhero movie. Oh, that's that's my last hint. Well,
1: yeah, there weren't really very many in 1995 let's see not speed not twister that was 96
0: we'll see if he gets this guys spoiler alert if he gets it
1: I you know I don't know
0: okay spoiler alert minor spoiler alert if you want to know Alex
1: yeah go ahead why not
0: so the train before the uh the grandma punching in the trailer, right? Yeah. Stanley's on the train. Uh Carol Danvers, she lowers the uh a book that Stanley's reading. Or no, it's a pamphlet. It's the Mall script. He's reading <laughs> lines from Mall Rats. Oh.
1: I never would have guessed that.
0: So he's reading his lines from Mall Rats <laughs> on the train. That is
1: that is crazy, but he yeah he has a big moment at the end of Mallrats. Yeah, he has a big
0: part at the end. <laughs> it's a that's crazy. It's it's it might break the Marvel universe, but it would. I when I when I read later that it was a Mallrats reference, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. That <laughs> now I'm not well, raising an uproar
1: outside of um, Kevin Smith, outside of Kevin Smith just being a comics fan he has he has written Marvel comics before he's he's worked with the company so he's got he's got good ties with them hmm.
0: so um so there's that um what else um keep prodding me, Alex. if there's if there's anything you want to know spoiler free
1: well let's see spoiler free um
0: Unless you want to be spoiled, then spoil, then ask away. I don't know. Whatever you want to know.
1: Well, uh, in terms of uh, the character and her superpowers, what? Do you, how do you? how How does she compare to other superheroes?
0: She is going to beat the living crap out of it out of Thanos. <laughs> this is the most powerful MCU hero yet. There, and it's not even close. Like I kid you not, it's not close. Not even. Like. Wow. Think of the strongest MCU hero outside of Captain Marvel and it's not Klaus. Squirrel Girl, got it. Exactly. Um so yeah. So, so yeah, um I get Oh yeah, let me I'm going to talk about the like the kind of like the theme of it. It's kind of like a it's kind of um It's kind of like a journey of self discovery. Um, nothing that hasn't been done a million times, but it seems to be more important now because it's a female led movie. So, it's kind of like, uh, it's, it's a, it's a coming of, it's a, like a coming of age, if that's the right term. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like a coming of age theme of, like, um, kind of like the Dark Knight actually. Like Bruce, why do we fall? That's all you need. That's all you need to know about the theme. That's kind of what they were going for, I think. Now that I think back on it, it kind of reminded me of Batman... You know what? It kind of me. It kind of reminded me of like, it kind of reminded me of Batman Begins. Not that I think. Now that I think about it, except in the context of the MCU. And the tone that they normally set for these kind of movies, um, but yeah, so that's pretty yeah, much all. She does I got. A lot those trailers. So, oh yeah, she does. She does, totally. Um, yeah, so I recommend it. It's a. Oh yeah, the end. The, end the, the there are two end credit scenes. One is awesome. The other is hilarious. Um. So.
1: Do they have anything to do with Endgame?
0: Yes. Yes. Big. Big. Big tie to Endgame. I like. Okay. I am so excited for Endgame now. Just because of that one scene. Like I am. I am one hundred percent on board. So. Okay. We're on the. We're on the road to Endgame. Now, we're on the road to endgame. And it shall be glorious. Um and Then the second one is it's it's just funny, and it and yeah, it's just funny. So yeah. Captain Marvel Don't no, go ahead. How is the villain? Oh god. Um It's who you think it is, honestly. Uh, um, what is that? Ugh. Man, I'm telling you, Killmonger, Michael B. Jordan, set such a high bar. I don't, but ugh, I'm not saying like the villain of this movie um, was at that level. I just... I I never really thought about that. Like... It's an MCU villain, I guess. Like... That's what I mean. Like... That's kind of like what you... Like... What you'd expect from an MCU villain, I guess.
1: Was the performance at least good? Or was it, it was, forgettable?
0: It was... Everybody, I get Everybody in the movie was pretty solid. Like... I know everybody focuses on Brie Larson because she's the title character. Um... But like everybody, everybody was solid. It's just like again, I think it's more on. I don't think the perform. I don't think he. I don't think he performed terribly. I just think the role was an MCU villain, if you know what I mean. Hard to
1: say. Same guy from uh, Rogue One, right?
0: Yeah, Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah.
1: Do you feel like he did a better job
0: in that than this? He was pretty good towards the end. Yeah, I I'll give it to him. Yeah, he did he did pretty good. Ben Mendelsohn was good in this movie.
1: What's about Jude Law?
0: Um, he was uh he was Jude Law. Uh, <laughs> um, he was pretty, like I said, everybody's solid in the movie. Even Jude Law, Ben Mendelsohn, Samuel L. Jackson. The banter between, um, Carol Danvers and Nick Fury is like top of the line. I love it. Um especially fish out of water with the seasoned earth goer. Um mm-hmm. What in the world? Dominos, please. I don't want I don't want your notifications right now. Um Uh oh yeah, all the all the 90s references were absolutely like <laughs> They were, they were they were they were pretty good. Um what else? Uh, just blockbusters alone? Uh, <laughs> no, there's just there's just the one blockbuster. I'll give I'll give that to. You. There's just the one blockbuster. Um, but the but the store next to it is also pretty funny. Um, um, what else? Um, I guess one more thing. Like Alex, remember a few months ago. I saw. I we were talking about the trailer on the show, and yeah, I said my biggest fear isn't her performance; it's how this movie is shot. If it's just presented I as think, a movie, you know what I'm saying? I think so. Yeah, go on. Like in the trailers, I was just like, it just looks like it's just it's just been shot. Like they shot a Marvel movie. They didn't give it any spice or pizzazz or style. I I'm afraid it was the case. Like it, it was, it was shot like in like a Marvel movie that did that, like a phase, like a phase one Marvel movie. That's how it was shot. Yeah, it kind of just well. Um, the directors
1: aren't really known for having extreme style. They're mostly known for doing realistic stuff that calls attention more to the performances and the moment, rather than the actual, like, capturing of it. Like, they're not about, like, big flash pan and music and, and, like, and color and all that stuff. They're mostly just about, like, putting a camera on an actor and letting the actor do his thing.
0: Um, well, okay, with that I, context... I'm not
1: surprised, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised that if they didn't, uh, produce anything that was truly memorable on a visual
0: level. I mean, there were and also, also the action with like like the hand to hand combat action. They are not experienced in that. Um Shaky Cam was very shaky. I could hardly tell what was going on. Maybe I was sitting too close. I don't know. Um But it was Where'd you see like,
1: it?
0: Oh uh, I saw it at uh, I saw it at Showplace Icon in St. Louis Park.
1: How uh, close would you say you were?
0: Uh Fourth row, on the floor, not in the bleachers. Yeah,
1: that's pretty close.
0: Yeah, um, that was all. That was all I could get. Like that's Yeah, that's that's yeah. That's all we could get. Um, but like, it's nothing. Like, like when I saw Force Awakens in 3D opening night, we were in the very front row at the Plymouth Grand 15, and I hardly had a problem. Like I could see what was going on perfectly. Um, but like, uh, I was just—I was thinking the whole time. Like afterwards, like, did they learn nothing from John Wick? They got the same guys from John Wick to help with Civil War. Could they not get the guys back if they were doing stuff like that? And just uh, that—it just, just boggled
1: two entirely different productions with different people running them and the people, like, the Russo brothers know about the raid and they know about that stuff. They know to get those people to come in and, like, help figure things out whereas these two directors the, it's, this isn't really their bag they're mostly just kind of guns for hire and do their best to kind of fit the mold of whatever they're in and, uh I, I don't think they would think that way
0: I, I, guess. I guess Okay, I'll give you that. Um
1: I'm not, saying, I, I'm not saying it's their fault, but I'm saying they should have hired a director who probably... I was surprised that they picked them. They haven't really done any action. They haven't really done any space stuff or anything like that before. They've mostly done small indie stuff, so I was, I was kind of shocked, but... I mean, people seem to like the movie, so it must be at least, like, co- competent, but at the same time, I'm not surprised that there's not, like, that you specifically are walking away with anything too memorable or anything that's really like getting you on a visual level
0: like i know the end the end like the uh like right where the point of like like think of a song but in the term of a movie where like it builds it builds it builds but when like the ba- like when the bass is going to drop or when the when like the hammer's about to fall like i remember that vividly like, um, like, right when it's, like, it's pretty bleak, and then bass drop, everybody goes nuts, everything goes crazy, and everybody goes happy or something like that, and, like, I remember that, I remember that part vividly, because they did, because they actually did that part well. Um, but the... But like I guess the theme that they were going for did wasn't really wasn't really handled to me exactly well because they'd never they were kind of like um Okay, think of like Batman Begins, but if he never fell from the balcony on fire. Kind of like that. okay like they're like that's kind of how it was it just lacked it just it just lacked. it just lacked when that moment happened it lacked the punch, but I still felt it like I still felt the punch, but it just didn't hit as hard as it should have, honestly it just they just never i don't think they they don't think they built it up particularly well, but when it happened, I kind of felt it separate from the context it was trying to um like conjure from. Um, if you know what I mean, like...
1: Well, so what would you say the theme was, then?
0: It was... Like... I guess it was, um... Trying to put it in... Trying, I'm really bad with words, if you haven't noticed. That's why I started a podcast. Um... So... Okay. Minor spoiler. <laughs> Okay. So the theme is kind of like she's trying to find out who she is cuz she thinks she's somebody else or no, like like she's had like memory loss kind of like uh, Jason Bourne um whereas the story is they found her but then plot twist happens blah 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 blah, blah. um she's Carol Danvers from Earth Um, but then the other point is that the way they clue her in on who she is to the audience is flashbacks that she doesn't remember of her, like, being bullied around by, like, like, you shouldn't, like... On the racetrack in the trailer. You shouldn't be going so fast. She crashes. She falls. She gets hurt, but she gets back up. Or she's um, playing baseball. She has a pitch thrown at her. At her. Um, she falls. She gets back up. Steps up to the plate again. She um, is in um, Air Force training. She is, or She's in basic training. She's trying to hop from one rope to the other while suspended about 15 feet from the ground. She jumps. Then she can't grab the rope. She falls. She gets back up. Uh, plane crash. She falls. She gets back up. Um, that's how they do. That's how they handle her memory loss. But it's set up as her discovering who she is. But like, like the whole thing is like, who is she? Who is she? But then they remember. Okay, she's Carol. Dan- she's, she's Carol Danvers. Then the meaning of the flashbacks separately when you put them together, hits at the metaphorical bass drop. Like, the meaning of get fall, get back up. Like, that's the meaning. I'm get assuming that's the punch they were going for, but that's not what they used the clips to do. If you know what I mean. Like, maybe I need to see the movie that's again. That's weird. But, like, doesn't that sound... But the, like does it sound weird to you like they would use the flashbacks to convey who she is like after she's had memory loss and like but then use those flashbacks as another point that they weren't setting up before.
1: I mean I'm sure they are trying to say something with them.
0: Right. But it didn't it didn't it didn't come across as what they were trying to say. That's all I'm saying. It looked like they were trying to say something else. Or just play to the plot of the movie instead of play for the point of the movie. Weird. Yeah. So I found that odd, but when, but when the point came, I was hit. But there was, it pulled it. It pulled its punch probably on accident. Um. So that's all I gotta say for Captain Marvel. I think that's it. Unless there's something else you want to know, Alex. No, you're 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 keeping it pretty spoiler-free, so we're we're kind of being a little vague here. Yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to be. Right? I'm trying to be as vague as possible, um, and I'm also not trying to set anybody's expectations. If you even listen to my opinion, anyway, anybody who's listening out there, or even you, Alex.
1: Um. <laughs> no, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I, I, it's not like I was like totally looking forward to the point that I don't want to hear spoilers at all. Period. But i have just kind of like taken an effort to not hear anything until I can see it, because I'm mostly interested in how it connects to the other movies, and I like Brie Larson a lot, uh, I like a lot of the actors, but I really didn't have a lot, I'm not looking forward to it on a like a director level, or a, like, a writing level, neither, neither of those people really excite me that much.
0: Mm. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I gotta say about um, Captain Marvel. So, I recommend it, it's an MCU movie, you'll have a good time. Um, That's all we got to say about that. <laughs> um, oh, one more piece of news um, before we go into uh, the main event here. Jordan Peele's new movie.
1: Yeah, people seem to like it.
0: Came out at uh, South by Southwest, which is currently going on. Um, it's called Us, so don't mix it up when people in um, um, on YouTube capitalize it into U.S., where you'll think the US dots. No, That's why you have the dots. Us. Well, not a lot of people use the use the dots, especially on this especially in the new in news articles. They usually just say US or something like that. It's true. Very true. But um us. Apparently it's uh very weird and if you're thinking uh it's just another get out, apparently you're wrong. Because um it's uh apparently it's a very dark comedy. But like it's a dark horror comedy. I think that's the vibe I'm getting. You know,
1: where, where I think um, Get Out was more of a thriller comedy than anything else. With like there are horror elements, especially if you're like a person of color. But it's more of a thriller than anything else. Us seems like a straight up horror movie. So I see. I could see it being like a um like a year next kind of a thing. Where where people are dying and violence and, and horror are happening but there's still a, a sense of humor throughout. A tongue-in-cheek type thing. Not just like jokes or anything but like these characters are terrible people and they're doing funny things because they're terrible and they kind of deserve what's coming to them on a thematic story level not necessarily at a horror level you kind of watch horror movies in the 80s and you're like oh these teenagers deserve it because they're jerks but you watch a movie like You're Next or maybe Us and you start to realize well these characters have problems and flaws that if they ever found themselves in this situation those would be their downfall and that's good that's good character based storytelling in a genre like horror horror movies and and it seems like Us it, it, it looks like it's trying to say something about that family through the people that are trying to kill them, but I'm not sure what yet. Uh, I guess you'd have, have to see the movie to figure it out, so.
0: Yeah, this seems like more in you and Zach's ballpark, honestly, from what I'm seeing. Oh, yeah. This movie looks messed up. So, I'm reading the uh, Hollywood Reporter article, um, Us, what the critics are saying. So, the headline right here is, while the film has been received positively... Critics are struggling to extract many layers of the of meaning the film suggests, especially in its third act.
1: Hmm. So basically what I'm hearing a lot is that people are saying it's a good time and it's a good movie and it's got great things about it, but that it's kind of a mess. And uh, I could see that considering not the plot but the visuals. When I saw those visuals, I was like, oh, wow, there's a lot of logistics here that storytelling-wise... It, it, it's basically just a shit ton of metaf- uh, metaphors. It's all metaphors. And uh, whatever those metaphors have to say about the family or the situation or the story he's telling is entirely going to be based on the viewer's perspective and what they bring to the table. Uh, so I'm assuming that a lot of critics are walking away from it saying that Get Out, which was very streamlined in its themes and its ideas, which is why it's universal in its terror... Uh, ah seems to be very, uh, very much visually horrifying as much as it is, uh, probably atmospheric and maybe, uh, I guess comedic. So it seems like he's going for something that is more scatterbrained, but the results may be just as impactful in a different way. Like, I see Get Out and I see a great story that beginning to middle to end is still terrifying, but also, um, fun. Us, to me, seems like if you like scary visuals and you like scary imagery and you like freaky stuff, that's what that movie is for. You're supposed to walk away from it and not logistically understand what happened, but, like, that moment when the mom had a pair of scissors and was, like, carving her head in front of herself was crazy. And I liked it.
0: So, um... Who knew the guy from, uh... Uh, Peel, from Key and Peel, was, uh, such a m- messed up mind. Who knew? Um... Like I mean, horror well, did, wise.
1: Did you, did you ever watch Key and Peele?
0: I've seen bits and pieces. I've seen I've seen clips here and there. Not a lot.
1: Man, dude, there's some messed up there's some messed up stuff on K and Peele.
0: Okay, I must have seen the clean, I must have been showing the clean stuff because people must have like been like, oh, he won't be able to stomach this. I'm just like,
1: My favorite Key and Peele sketch ever, period, is uh, one that's sort of making fun of an old aerobics tape that happened in the '80s. So you see, it starts out as the videotape, and there's like this cheesy music playing. And the crowd is clapping, and Key and Peel are these characters leading this like uh, group of gymnastics people, and all in spandex doing their thing. And uh, it, it cuts to a different uh, format of uh, film, and all of a sudden it's more gritty, and it's more real, and it's more present. And you see a guy holding cue cards, and he cuts to Key, the tall guy who's bald. Right. And uh, they start handing, they start telling him that his wife and his daughter had been kidnapped. That that they were in, no, I'm sorry, not that they were kidnapped, but that they were in an accident, and that they're in critical condition, and they do not know if they're going to live, and they think that uh, there was foul play. And they're wondering if there's anyone who uh, is close to him that would ever have any reason to uh, exact revenge on him. And you start to realize that it's uh, Peel. It's the guy dancing next to him throughout the entire sketch. But what makes the sketch funny is that every time they do the cue cards to tell him stuff, every now and then there'll be a cue card that comes up that says, Keep dancing, because we're live. And so they have to keep dancing as he keeps finding out this horrifying news about his family. But it's pretty it's pretty messed up.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. So he always had this on him. Alright. That's 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 news to me. And no, uh, they've
1: got some crazy sketches out there, bro.
0: Okay. Well I guess I wasn't shown those. Um Alright, I think that's it for news. Zach's gonna yell at us for something that we missed that he really wanted to talk about, but he's not here. So So it's even more my show than used to, to be
1: put it next week.
0: Yeah, put in next week. Take notes, man. Um okay. Shall we go to the main event then? I'm cool if you are. Okay. So, kiss kiss bang bang. <laughs> <laughs> so, um not going to lie. I am uh, fresh off this if the message if the messenger <laughs> text were not hinting towards that. Um so See, so yeah, I just got done watching this um, about 40 minutes ago from when we started. So, that was, I, that was a very, very enjoyable movie. I actually really enjoyed this one. Not gonna lie. Um, so...
1: Don't, 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 don't feel like you got a pussyfoot just because it's one of my favorite movies. Like, you know, no. say how you feel.
0: No, I, I actually I actually I actually enjoyed this one. It, I didn't like I didn't I didn't take it as oh this is one of the best comedies this is one of the best comedies ever made. I just really enjoyed the movie. I really like how it was put together. I like I like how it approached this whole buddy comedy. If it really was it technically was a kind of a buddy comedy at some points, but it was more like a guy it was it kinda you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Stretch. And I'm probably and it's probable that stretch took inspiration from this movie. If not, was like a, very much a dedication to this kind of a movie where it's just a comedy where a guy's night goes horribly wrong and he goes through all these very very weird trippy experiences, and or it's just in a terrible circumstance and he, it's kind of like a satire piece or something like that, or not even satire just a comedy, um, but it, but um, Robert Downey Jr. My god, like, it's so weird seeing him outside of Tony Stark, but I now know why he's Tony Stark. Um. Val Kilmer? Val Kilmer was pretty funny, especially towards the end. <laughs> especially that one moment with the uh, with the electric thing. Um. You
1: got it in ya!
0: Um. But. <laughs> But uh, the whole and the whole thing where he narrates throughout the entire movie and it's it's so meta and it just adds a layer of wow what a trip it like that's basically what I have on it it's, it's it's a trip and I very enjoyed it, and it it's a, it's kind of like a unique it's a very unique spin on the whole kind of you know co- co- comedic um, movie of guy has a guy has a very um, trippy night. Or a couple of nights, or week, or something like that. You know, that's that, that that's what that's what I thought of it in general. Okay. I'm not tooting your horn. Uh.
1: Uh. No. No worries. Um. Yeah. This is um. The whole buddy buddy comedy thing is uh apparent mostly because this was written by the guy who I believe wrote. Lethal Weapon. Yes. Um... Uh, and A bunch of other ones, Predator, uh, a bunch of other buddy-buddy comedies. So he's kind of the guy who uh, perfected it.
0: Yeah, he's the guy who wrote, who put pen to paper on the manshake between Carl Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger in Predator. Darn right. Um, he
1: also, he also um, to our friend Matt's chagrin, uh, Ruined his, uh, Mandarin character.
0: Oh, in Iron Man 3. Oh, man. Um, oh, Matt. Um... If I could just get him for five minutes on the show. Just for five minutes. Just for that topic. Just for that topic. You'll all know who Matt is. Um... So... <laughs> so um it w- it was um what what else can I say before Alex has to prod me for stuff um because I have to be prodded um okay prod me what do you want to know what do you think
1: well I'll first uh, agree in uh, gushing real quick about Robert Downey jr yeah he's he's pretty great this is a clear-headed done drugged out and I don't think I don't know if you've necessarily seen a drugged out Robert Downey Jr. movie I think probably his pinnacle would be something it was the sequel to The Fugitive and it was called U.S. Marshals, and he just looks coked out every every scene it just he's just awful it looks like he had a rough night before and it just has not ended it will never end but this is him clean clear sober he's he has a wife now he he's just he's he's trying, he's really trying to clean himself up. And all of it. all that's coming out now that he's like completely clear headed is talent, all the talent that was always there that he always had before he was Tony Stark that, and that's why what that's why when I tell people about like venom or tone or iron man, it's like those movies are what they are because of those lead actors like it, uh, Iron Man is what it is, is because the director made a couple movies where there was a bunch of improv, and he cut his teeth that way. And Robert Downey Jr. is one of the best improvisers in character on film. Period. He he knows how to improvise in character. Period, and he's perfect. So Tony Stark exists because he exists, but the only reason he exists is because of this movie. Right. He did have a bunch of movies afterwards, and he did work with like David Fincher and Richard Linklater and, uh, um, God, uh, George Clooney in his first uh, directorial debut. No, actually, uh, his second. But he went on to make other great movies and even get um, Golden Globe nominations for some of his stuff. But like, once this came out and once this kind of circulated on video for about a year or two. Um, this was the thing out of all of the movies that he made that like people looked at and were like, "Oh wow, Robert Downey Jr. is a star still." Like still. Yep. When he is when he is um, God, when he is flirting with Michelle Monaghan in the bar.
0: Which was it's hilarious. insane.
1: When she when um, yeah, when she mentions the beer commercial with the bear, and then she and then he makes her laugh. Because he makes fun of somebody else, and then he just kind of gently dabs himself with the napkin. It's perfect.
0: <laughs> the Native American joke, <laughs> and then the sock comment <laughs> in that same scene. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's th- that's my style of humor, man. This <laughs> is. I my style of humor is I live off memes and quips and that's it that's it that's all.
1: Dude, and this movie's full of them. Oh, what what is that? What is that a cl- is that a clue? Is that a boom? Oh, you knocks him right in the head. Then <laughs> and then the
0: and then the, uh, the revelation where he's the or he's the kid from the in, from the intro. Um. Oh yeah. Like he's like. <laughs> <laughs> The stuff he says to the to that old couple that sits in the camera shot. Scream, <laughs> shoot. Get out of here. Uh, um Um How
1: about
0: how about we pee
1: on the corpse?
0: Oh when he pe on the corpse I died. <laughs> that whole scene with the hotel when Val Kilmer shows up and like, dude it's a frame job. It's so they're like they carry the body through the hallway and then they see the um they see the sign. <laughs> They see the sign to the roof, and then they go to, the, and it literally they stop. They look at each other. It cuts to each other, of then hurling the body off the roof. And then the, it doesn't even go into the trash can. It it smacks the edge of it, it bends. And then I, I literally could, I had to stop the movie for five minutes. <laughs> just the, <to, laughs> I just kept laughing so hard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, how about, when, how about like, what you mentioned in the intro when he, they're trying to get information out of
0: that guy and he just shoots him right in the head oh. They're trying, oh I'm just like that's not like this movie is so successful at doing things that you that you'd think like it sets you up to think that this is going to happen like the buy is just going to land seamlessly into the into the into the uh, into the garbage bin, but then it doesn't, and it spills onto the ground, hitting the edge of it and bending over backwards. Or like, when he tries to play, when he tries to play that, uh, when he tries to play Russian roulette with, with that gun, he spins it like three times or so, and then he loads it. First shot, right in the head.
1: I thought I had like 8% chance. 8% chance, who taught you math? <laughs>
0: <laughs> this movie was so. This this was a fun movie, dude. This is this is a really good one. I'm glad you picked it. I'm really yeah, glad. Yeah, how, how did
1: you guys get out of that situation? I shot him to death with a small revolver. I keep near my balls.
0: <laughs> and then she stops. She's just like, "What?" As he keeps going.
1: Or how about when he's done, or how about when he shoots him with the gun and then Robert Downey Jr. was like, oh, I'm glad you have a gun. I thought there was some, like, special gay thing that you do.
0: (laughs) Or the moment that. It's kind of
1: like, um, are you okay? He's just not even going to, he's not even going to pay attention to that one. He's like, that's just dumb. Are are you
0: okay? (laughs) I swear, man. Oh, man. Um. Mel Kilmer fell off the radar after this, right? Or.
1: Pretty much. How about when she slams the door and she cuts off his finger?
0: Oh, man! <laughs> I instantly got Shape of Water vibes after that. I'm just like. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah.
0: And then he stitches it back on. I'm just I was waiting for him to say it could take or not. Um <laughs> he slammed the door. And as soon as it happened, I'm like Like she slams the she slams the door on him like once before, and I'm just like or he has the door slammed in his face like a lot before that point, I think. I'm not sure. Um Is
1: there is a time where he uh, he hits on her, but sleeps with her best friend instead. Right. So the next morning he comes and confronts her about it, and she sh- she slams the door on him. His hand is in the exact same place; his just thumb is not in the door, or his fingers not in the door.
0: Right. Or um. So,
1: foreshadow for sure.
0: And then, and then uh, later on in the movie, like half an hour before the movie, or like thirty minutes left in the movie, um. He slams the door on her because she slept with a friend of his in high school. And I'm just, and I'm thinking, check, check. oh man, oh man, her pinky better be on the floor. <laughs> it's instant <the> karma. <laughs> I was expecting the movie to be of, like, "Oh, now, be now her finger's gone too."
1: <laughs> oh, that'd be crazy.
0: Uh how
1: about um when the movie was all over and then the and then he's narrating it and he's like, Yeah, 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 Val Kilmer's alive, why don't we just bring everybody back?
0: And I all did, that was over. hilarious. That was funny. <laughs> I was just like, This movie is so meta <laughs> This movie is meta. And the every time he narrates it's something it's something like so totally meta. Um It's <laughs> This movie has a, a, it's just moment to moment, like one of the funniest movies I've seen. Honestly, like that was so
1: it's it's great. I love it. Like I, even for all those moments too, it has some crazy like real ones too. Like the girl when the girl in pink gets shot, right. and then he then he sees that, and then he gets up, he grabs the gun, and he shoots the guy. And he doesn't want to do it, but he has to do it, and he knows it. And this guy's like, "Oh, you missed Mr. Tough now," but then he just slowly gets shot to death by this nobody. It's crazy.
0: <laughs> the way he, the way the dude sold the gunshots, I thought he had a vest on. I'm just like, he's messing with him. That's just that's the way this whole movie is gone. He's just toying with him. He has a bulletproof vest on, and then he, cl- and then he like, and then he clocks him a few more times, and then he falls to the ground. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, it just got real. And then instantly the dog eats his finger.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then he cries because he never shot anybody before.
0: Exactly. Um. But yeah, this... Oh man, dude. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. You
1: think this is going to make you watch um, Iron Man 3 a little bit differently?
0: Yeah, I... That would make, if I ever go back to any of those MCU movies, I want to see Endgame. I want to see Endgame. Then I want to view it all. That's, that's how I want to do it. That's how, that's how I plan on doing it. I want to see Endgame, see where it all culminates, and then I want to, and then I kind of just want to go back and relive it all. All ten years, all four phases, right, right into the, um, right in, right back into Endgame. Like, or maybe I might just do a lead up in. I might just lead up into Endgame, or something like that. I don't. I I don't know what I'm gonna do. It's just wow. I've already
1: I've already rewatched them all. I'm already set for Endgame. I just I gotta watch Captain Marvel now.
0: Yeah, like that. The amount of people that I have in my immediate circle who are missing. Like, Marvel movies, like, in their, in their, um... I don't know what the word is, but in their, like... Life? Yeah, in their life. That, like, I'm just, like... Like, I've... Like, I know a guy who has seen Infinity War before Ragnarok, and, like, it's all, like... the ti- Their timelines are so all over the place... And, like, like some, I've known people who haven't seen Black Panther yet or don't remember Black Panther because they're so busy, I guess. Um, <clears throat> it's so bizarre, like, i didn't mean to go on another MCU tangent here, but, like, you got to watch the MCU. You'll have a good time. You go through Thor The Dark World. You won't remember Thor The Dark World. What came after? Before what came out before Thor The Dark World, though? Like, you'll remember that movie before you remember Thor The Dark I, World. Iron Man 3 did, actually. You remember Iron Man 3 before you remember um, uh, Thor the Dark World. Even as you're watching Thor the Dark World, you'll just be remembering Iron Man 3. Um, what else? Like, okay, back to Willow. Back to Willow. Back to Willow. Um, literally, the Hi. guy who's protecting Willow is in this movie. So, yes, back to uh, Willow. Right.
1: Back to Willow. Um, I guess you could say in this movie that Robert Downey Jr. is its Willow. Yeah.
0: Because he doesn't have a, uh, a baby who's going to kill the witch that Willow ends up killing anyway.
1: Uh yeah, fair point. Um, the finger?
0: <laughs> but that gets eaten by the dog.
1: <laughs> oh, good point. Nobody eats a baby in the other one.
0: No. Thank God. Um Well, I don't know, Val Kilmer and whoever Who Who is the uh Who is the woman in um in Willow, opposite Val Kilmer? Who is the princess, I think? I do not remember. Okay, good. Um Well now it's bothering me. Hold on, stand by as I furiously type.
1: IMDB, check up and look it up. Who was in Willow? It's a female. It she Sorcha, had hair and right?
0: things and clothes. Also teeth and breasts and stuff. Okay. What's up? Um, it was, uh... Her character's name was Sorsha, right? Uh, probably. Okay, hold on. Oh, yeah, it was Sorsha. Um... It was, a Joanne Wally.
1: Oh, yeah, I don't know who that is.
0: Yeah, I don't know either. Um, so, anyway. Back to, away from Willow and back to Willow! Away from Willow. Back to Willow. <laughs> so, I never thought I'd so have to go back was, to Willow. Literally. This was
1: Shane Black's first movie after spending the last 20 years writing scripts into Hollywood. Um... How do you think? How do you think for for a feature film debut?
0: Um. He worked a lot with Richard Donner, didn't he? Yes. Okay. The way this movie is shot and the way it's stylized did remind me a lot of Lethal Weapon. Uh, and it worked a little
1: bit with John McTiernan too, but yeah, a lot of eighties.
0: Yeah, there's there's a lot of eighties in it, and like, when was this movie? When did this movie come out? Like. 2005. Oh, 2005. Oh. So it was a throw it was it was kind of like a throwback. But sort of modernized. Yeah. Um So yeah. Um So was I actually was I right about the whole stretch comparison did did uh, Joe Carnahan take a lot of inspiration from this movie that you know of?
1: Uh, he has not said anything about it, but I would be hard pressed to believe that he didn't take some sort of energy from it. I think a lot of that has to do with um, moments like the finger getting, the door shutting on the finger, or uh, the shooting of the guy in the, in the Russian roulette. Those moments, they like they, they stand out. And I feel like Stretch has those moments. Um, it just also happens to be kind of a cheap cheaply made movie. But um, I would say Stretch is more... It owes more to Martin Scorsese's After Hours, but I would also say that um, Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang owes a lot to that movie, too. It does, it, there is, a lot of this story takes place at night, so it, a lot of it feels like it's happening all in one night, especially since it's all in L.A., and L.A. kind of looks the same. Uh, but it really takes place over, like, a, a decent period of time, like a week or so. Like, like yeah, like two, well, a week or two.
0: Um, you did actually with that um with reminding me of the after hours you did remind me of a news story that's actually been highly controversial that I do not know how I could have possibly forgotten. We'll get to that after we uh, talk about um kiss just bang bang um so uh, what else oh, there was the moment where they kissed each other to avoid the cops, and the cops just mocked them in the car. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, when she finds him, she she asks him why they're knacking on each other. And when you put the subtitles on, it it spells it k a k n a c k i n g. So it's knacking, and
0: I've never heard that ever. <laughs> All right, dictionary attack with the maestro. Uh, okay, let's find out.
1: I'm guessing that's one of those things that the writer was like. I'm pretty sure it's knacking, and they're like, no, it's macking you mac on somebody, and he's like, no, 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 I'm pretty sure it's knacking. And I wrote the screenplay, so uh, you're going to say
0: knacking. Uh, do... <laughs> <laughs> I guess. No, there's an Urban Dictionary de- uh, definition, and I don't think that's the right one. <laughs> let me read this. What is this? Let me, let me, let me read this. I've read it a little bit. Okay. I'm
1: guessing it's already.
0: So, the top definition on Urban, D- Urban Dictionary uh, for knacking, K-N-A-C-K-I-N-G, um, term is used to describe pain and uncomfort, chiefly used in Britain, more commonly in the northeast of England.
1: Oh, my rear end's really knacking today. Oh, the oh, the, t- oh, the tip of my weed is really knacking today.
0: The second definition, it seems, is... It is the act of grinding the opposite sex for utmost pleasure and excitement.
1: Uh, so, yeah, I guess that kind of works,
0: yeah. Oh, this is the one I saw. This is the one I saw. The third definition, knacking, refers to knacker-drinking, i.e. the craze of middle-class Irish teens to go... To, to go drinking in fields and on beaches. On the neck is an expression to indicate whether someone decides to, quote, F the pub, the owner has enough money, and make a true make like a true Viking and go drinking in the wilds. That's the one I saw!
1: That's not real. Somebody made that up.
0: Someone had to have made that up.
1: Someone had to have made that up.
0: Um, this is not the Urban Dictionary podcast. It should be, but it's not.
1: Irish people drinking a bunch in Ireland—it's made up. Yeah,
0: but let's just let's just say that um, Alex, you're right. Let's just say it refers to kissing.
1: No, well, no, they say it in there. It's the second one. That it—that that's what it is. Yeah. Oh,
0: I see. Um. Oh God. Whew. We had, a, had a good laugh just remembering this movie. <laughs> um.
1: It's a good rewatch. There's going to be things that you'll go back to and you'll really, you'll start to notice a lot more. Like the more and more I watch it, the more little things I start to realize reveal stuff that was always there. Um, right. the, the name on the credit card, um, Flicka coming back and being a flight attendant, just, just crazy stuff like that. It all comes back. This movie's really tightly written because it's a mystery. And although the mystery doesn't make any sense, all the pieces for the mystery to be figured out are there. Um, it's just also convoluted enough so that the characters can be stupid and have stupid things happen to them <laughs> um
0: um okay should we just should how,
1: about, we... how about when he was at the party and he saw the guy uh, fooling around with the sleeping Michelle Mahan, Monahan, and then he makes this great speech and then he gets his ass kicked outside the party that was,
0: that was funny <laughs> I kind of, I kind of did see that coming, and then they walk, and then they walk away. Then uh, and then, they, and, then they, and then, and then they walk away together, and you're like, oh. But then he calls him. He calls him uh, an a hole later. Um, yeah, she just needed a ride. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's time we grade this thing, shall we?
1: <laughs> sure. Well, I, I, I'm partial to it. Uh, I would say though, I think it's a, I think it's an A minus.
0: Yep, yep. I'm I'm there. I'm there with you. It's like very easily been like a B or a B plus, but
1: I think what elevates it certainly are Val Kilmer and especially Robert Downey Jr.
0: Yeah, most definitely. They they gave it their all. Um, that was a
1: they killed it. They there. It's highly 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 rewatchable just for these two guys alone, specifically Robert Downey Jr. It is my favorite Robert Downey Jr. performance and I've loved this guy since like Heart and Souls and Chaplin. I, I I love Robert Downey Jr. He's one of my favorite actors ever and this is just perfect. This was perfect. He was just... He used to be a star. He used to be in the worst place of his life and now he wasn't. He was just plateaued. He was normal. He was a normal working everyday actor and the only thing he had to get him anywhere higher in this business was his talent. And He knew that if he just had a good time on the set with this really weird, interesting comedy, that that he could get a lot out of it. And he was right. And I think it's so funny when you look at something like this and then look at Due Date with Zach Galifianakis, and like, that movie doesn't work. It's not that funny. And yet you look at something like this, and it's just every word, every scene is elevated by him. And it's because he knows he's, he's in something special.
0: Right. Yeah, I'm there way. It. It's a it's a really it's a really good time. It's smartly it's smart it's smartly written from a dialogue standpoint. Um Robert Downey Jr. and Valkimmer, they kill it. Um Uh this is uh Michelle Moynihan before Mission Impossible, I think. Or did three come out. Three yeah, came, this out. Year came out,
1: years, I believe. Wait, what? I think three came out the next year, I
0: believe. Yeah, two thousand six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, good old JJ was almost born. Um, so, yeah, A- minus. Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. Heck of a watch. Um, watch it. It's a, it's a good movie. Yeah. Twice it was on. Favorite movies. Great time. So, before we spin the Bad Bill, let's talk about a little something here. Because you talked about uh, Martin Scorsese, and by a weird path. You reminded me of the biggest news story this week that we forgot about. What? Martin Scorsese is making The Irishman for Netflix. Netflix. Netflix made Roma, that was at the Oscars, Oscars, you know, Steven Spielberg's trying to block Netflix from winning Oscars. Allegedly. Allegedly. Not allegedly,
1: he straight out said it.
0: Right. He thinks they're TV movies. Um, So... My thoughts first. Wrong! Wrong. Several standpoints. Um. Agreed. So, like... Apparently the Oscars has this weird thing where it has to run theatrically in L.A. or New York. At the very minimum. For what? Four weeks or one? I don't know what the... Four. For four weeks. Um...
1: No, you know what? I think it's one week now, but I think um, he's trying to change it to four weeks. I see. Which is really really hard to do these days.
0: Right. Um, So, let's see here. Um, Like, are you, like, I never got around to Roma. It's been a while. It was a wild time before the Oscars for me. Um, I did. It was beautiful. It
1: was, the, it was, in my opinion, the best movie of the year. Yeah.
0: So like, okay, then I'll give you, so Alex, I'll give you the floor then. Did Roma deserve its Oscars, especially against the competition it was against?
1: Yes. Okay. Period. Roma was, so here's the thing. Um, out of all the best pictures that I've seen, uh, the two that I still have not seen are Green Book and As Star Is Born. I don't think A Star Is Born was ever going to win just politically. And uh, Green Book was always probably going to win just because that's the thing that they like to vote for. But the the movies that I think really had a, ch- a chance to genuinely win were um, Black, Landsman, The Favorite, and Roma. Those were the three most uniquely interesting movies uh, Technically and story-wise and performance-wise, those were out of those lists, in my opinion, the best of the year. Um, If you take the favorite out, then uh, specifically because it's mostly a British production, um, then you take that out. And then Roma's not uh, an American production either. And Really, I think the best out of that as an American Oscars movie is The Black Klansman. But Roma was the best movie of the year. It, it was a beautiful, beautiful movie, beautifully shot, beautifully edited. Sound design is amazing. The way he chose to direct that movie, the way that he chose his actors, who were real people, um, some actors he didn't even tell them the exact same thing that he told the other actors, so they were confused in the middle of the scene, so there was like, more of a spark of realism to it. It's also a heartbreaking story um, that is extremely personal to him, and the entire aesthetic of the film is based off of memory and his memory and the memories that he's trying to invoke on the screen. Nobody paid him money to do that, but Netflix. And that's what Netflix is doing. Netflix is giving, uh, filmmakers all the money in the world that they want to make whatever they want. Like, Scorsese has been trying to make The Irishman for years and one of the reasons he always wanted to make it is because he wanted like Robert Downey Jr. and Joe Pesci and Al Pacino in it but he wanted them young so the thing about The Irishman is they're going to to de-age all of their performances and that's like a ballsy expensive move to have old actors go through so no one was really going to give him money until Netflix and now Netflix gave him money Martin Scorsese can make the very thing he's been wanting to make for years that's what Netflix is doing now. And it kind of sucks for someone like Spielberg because Spielberg doesn't make those. He has to compromise. He works within the system because he's basically established the system over the last few years. And now that establishment is starting to crumble and he's starting to realize that he can't make Aroma. And he can't do that within the system that he is now protecting. He can't make his own movie like that. And the only way he can is if he went to Netflix and let they let him do it.
0: But, like, he's more, he is, like, and even somebody pointed out, like, Scorsese, opinion-wise, has been in Spielberg's camp. Like, he's all for theater preservation or something like that. But even he eventually realized, I can't make this in the system. I have to go to Netflix.
1: Um, Scorsese's a big proponent for film, yes. He's also a big proponent of, like, what Draft House is doing and, like, getting older films to come back, but that doesn't, he's also not afraid of the tide. He also knows that like people look to watch movies at home. And sadly, that's where artists are getting the opportunity to make the stuff they want to make. That's where they're getting the money. It's from other people who don't have the same kind of ties and worries that studios do. And it's allowing artists to flourish. In some cases, not. Some people have made movies and those movies have failed miserably. The guy who made moon he uh, crashed and burned with his movie Mute, so who knows? Just because you give somebody money and they've succeeded before doesn't mean they'll succeed on
0: Netflix per se. Um, like it's just like it it, like it, like the way I imagine it is like you know how like hey, did you hear about how Spike Lee and Chadwick Boseman reacted to when uh, Green Book won Best Picture? <laughs> Like, did yeah. you see those? Do I? It's just if I agree with those. No, did you see them? Did you see those reactions? Yeah. Like, could you imagine like Spielberg just like teaming, like he's like like he's like beat red at Alfonso Cuaron on stage, winning best director. Uh, is this is like a Netflix movie. I, I Impossible. I think he
1: should have been more B-Red when Green Book won.
0: Uh. I think when Green Book won, anyone who voted for
1: Green Book should have just sheepishly sank into their chairs.
0: (laughs) And they they stood and applauded, probably.
1: Actually, some people booed the movie. (laughs) Some people booed the win, yeah.
0: (gasps) I never heard any audio. I never heard any audio. I only saw Spike Lee and Chadwick Boseman absolutely lose their minds. Or Chadwick Bozeman just being like, are you for real right now? And then Spike Lee losing his mind. Like, he's in the aisle getting ready to walk out of the theater. Yeah,
1: Spike Lee lost his mind and then uh, Chadwick Bozeman just has this look on his face of like, come on, did anybody think anything different? <laughs> what did you got like, come on, sh- shit don't change. That's what I saw on his face. Right.
0: The more things change, the more they stay the same, right? <laughs> um, yes. So, I'm not... Listen, Alex, you've said it <laughs> on this show. Like, Spielberg is probably one of the best directors alive, if not the best director alive, period. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. And I, I love the guy. He's made some great movies, like, like obviously, Jurassic Park, Jaws, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, um... What else? Like, E.T. Freaking E.T. Like, and then he made, and then he, um... Oh, yeah, Schindler's List. Come on, now. Um, Close, Close Encounters, right? He helped, he was the one who told George Lucas he could do it with Star Wars. Like, I love him. He, he, but, it, it, happens to, it
1: happens to all of us eventually, but he's now at the stage uh, where he's old man yelling at a cloud. but yeah like he's he's basically he understands that he thrives within the established system but he looks at this new system that's giving artists whatever they want which is surprising because that's exactly how studios worked in the 70s when he thrived he blew up in the 70s by making pop uh films and blockbusters and, and uh making those standard, but he did that during the decade of like small films of Francis Ford Coppola and, and Sidney Lament. Like he, he made blockbusters during the time where studios were, were financing, uh, films like Roma of its age. That's what I find really interesting these days. Uh, we don't see movies like the seventies anymore because studios don't give artists that kind of freedom anymore streaming services and TV channels do like t- twin peaks was because showtime wanted to give david lynch uh a nine episode contract and some money to make whatever he wanted but david lynch had already written the script with uh, his partner and he came up to them and he said no i have a, i have a vision And my vision needs to be perfect, and the only way this could work is if you give me more money to double those episodes, and I get 18 episodes instead of 9. And he went out in public, and he went on Twitter, and he's like, Twin Peaks isn't going to happen, guys. I uh, didn't get the money I wanted to make the episodes. And it could have gone either way, either the audience would have sided with him or they wouldn't have. It's very easy, someone could be like, oh, he just wants more money for him. And he's a 70-something-year-old director, so he could have easily just been like, I just want the money for me, good or bad or indifferent for the art. I now have money to live off uh, or give to my family at the end of the day. Um, Or he really did want the money for the art, and he did. He took the money, he made nine more episodes, and he produced one of the greatest things uh, that he's ever produced in his entire catalog of film and it's because Showtime it's because he fought for it but it's also because Showtime gave it to him Netflix on the other hand if an artist comes in and they like the idea and they have the money because let's face it they have the money and they like the idea they're going to look at that artist and go yeah sure you can make whatever you want we won't even watch you make it and then give it to us and if it's okay or not we'll put it on look we put a burt box on what do you want?
0: I'm trying to look up that tweet um that uh Netflix uh that uh, Netflix put out after it was um revealed that Spielberg was going to um was opposed to them so here okay oh, yeah, here's what here's what um Netflix said we love cinema a quote this is from their tweet um at 11 p.m. March 3rd um we love cinema here are some things we also love. Access for people who can't always afford or live in towns without theaters. Letting everyone everywhere enjoy releases at the same time. Giving filmmakers more ways to share art. These things are not mutually exclusive. End of argument. Yeah,
1: um...
0: Yeah. I mean, Netflix isn't perfect. Like
1: the, The point is, like... There are times where a Best Picture nomination will happen and not very many people will see the movie despite it being Best Picture nomination. Like, There's still a lot of people who don't know what the favorite is despite the fact that it was one of the best choices to be Best Picture, but not very many people went to go see it and it just finally became a a movie that you could buy online. Um, Roma, on the other hand, people just can go on Netflix and there it is for free. There you go. And guarantee- so, many, so many people saw Roma because of that, and it's, it's ridiculous, because Roma is great, but at the same time, it got all of that recognition, as well as just uh, plenty of eyes, simply because of Netflix. And, and a lot of it has to do with Netflix's marketing campaign, and really pushing for an Oscar campaign, To They threw a lot of money at, at marketing for the campaign, but they, uh, Roma is worth it. Roma is the kind of movie that you have to have this argument about. If Roma was bad or mediocre, then I don't think a lot of this argument would still be going on. The problem is Roma deserves to be on that list, and Roma deserved to beat all of those movies. In my opinion, it was the best movie of last year.
0: That's exactly the point I was about, I was going to make. Like, um, like the favorite. Got a theatrical release for like a short window, and like, and I guarantee you, I guarantee you, more people would have been pushing for um, the favorite to win outside of Fox Searchlight, who has tweeted me gifts of the favorite when asked what my favorite line of last year was. Well, the thing, the thing about the favorite is that.
1: It, it got a lot of buzz during the festival circuit People knew it was going to be like Oscar nominated probably um, but it's run before its nomination was small. It's run after its nomination was immense and it's still it's still in some theaters right now but that's because it got the nomination in the first place. That's the problem. The Roma was on Netflix months months before its nomination and again in that case people knew because of the festivals that movie was going to be oscar nominated possibly oscar winner Hmm.
0: so yeah we love you spielberg but it's the future stop yelling at clouds stop yelling at clouds watch He's he's gonna make a movie for amazon like within the next like five years or so just because it's that's because that's just how it that's just how it is that's just how it, that's just how it yeah, works sometimes he'll
1: go to Netflix now you won't go to, or he'll start his own
0: or like I don't see him even going to Netflix or like because there's obviously some bad blood maybe even a misinterpretation after what's coming out now'cause in gadget's reporting he's like like there's a denial of it hold on let me find that so like and and gadget reported that like Oh, no, it was IndieWire. No, no, it wasn't Gadget. No, sorry, (laughs) jeez. This thing is so confusing. So, like, The Hollywood Reporter spoke to a movie industry veteran, Jeffrey Katzenberg, that, like, Spielberg did not say he was pushing for longer theatrical release requirements or otherwise trying to prevent services like Netflix from qualifying awards. Katzenberg claimed that instead that IndieWire heard a rumor... And when it received a statement from Spielberg's Amblin Entertainment, uh, twisted it around. Was it, though? No. No.
1: I think I think he made his point pretty clear.
0: Oh, uh, what are you going to do? So, Captain Marvel's good. Kiss, kiss Kiss Bang Bang is better. Steven Spielberg's yelling at clouds now. So... There you go, everybody. That's the week. Let's spin the bad wheel. Bad wheel. Um, okay. Alex, what do you suggest we replace this thing with? Replace this pick with? My standard
1: standard for the last few times has been rollerball, and I stick with it.
0: Rollerball, okay. Um, okay. Since Zach's not here, here's what I'm going to do. I think. I don't know what I'm going to do. As for most of the shows I do. Um... Hopefully, there's not an ad. Um, okay, so we're going to the bad movies. Um, so apparently, a friend of mine at work suggest um, told me about a movie that he watched one time. It's a and I wonder if it's a movie you've heard of, Alex. But it's, uh, it's actually so, now that I think about, it, it sounds quite boring. But I'm gonna run it by you anyway. There's, it's this movie. He said it's called. Fateful Findings?
1: Yes, Fateful Findings, yes.
0: Is it as bad as he said it was? He said it was absolutely atrocious.
1: Yeah, it's terrible in in an extremely entertaining and interesting way.
0: Oh. Huh. We struck gold. The Um, guy
1: guy who made it is a man called David Breen. He's made, I believe, four movies, and all of them are atrocious. Uh, (laughs) The last movie he made uh, started leaning towards, like... I, just very subtle, but also uh, inignorable uh, ideas of genocide that people just kind of stopped talking about his movies as, as jokes for now on, just like everything up to Faithful Findings you could probably make fun of pretty clearly and easily and have a good time with, but the moment that last one he made came out, everyone was kind of like, a lot of people who make fun of his stuff were like, we can't make fun of this movie, it's genuinely about genocide. He's genuinely suggesting we like Rid the world of millions of people.
0: It's it's insane. He's it's like, insane. Is he the villain? Is he, was, is he the villain in uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier? Is that no, he's like a know? Thanos. Oh, he's like Thanos. Except he's, he's like an old Thanos. white guy.
1: Seriously, Seriously in, all, in almost all of his movies, he like poses himself as some kind of like Messiah or Jesus, <laughs> and in that movie he comes out and he's like, "I need to." Um, I need to rid the world of millions of people to purify it. And it's like, um, Breen, what are you talking about, buddy? Oh, wait so a now minute. No one, no one is really making fun of that movie.
0: So is it a documentary? Or is it like a...
1: Faithful Findings? No. like he—he he ma- It's an art film. Oh. It, they're art films. He makes art films. Like He doesn't make structured narratives. He makes art. But his art is fucking stupid.
0: So is it? So would it be a podcast-worthy edition?
1: Yeah, dude. Just to hear you wonder what the hell we're watching. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> and me to forget it like, like 24 hours later. Like,
1: what are we watching again? Yeah, dude, do you remember that Surfer movie we were talking about?
0: Yeah, I still remember it.
1: No, it's it's like that.
0: Oh yes! Is it? Does he vomit? Uh, does he vomit? Dude. Um, ink.
1: No, it's more like baby doll heads in the desert, a lion's chilling out with him. He has, like, computer (laughs) chips. Is it like a dog pyramid? (laughs) He's, like, killing stoners. Dude, this movie, this Oh, my God, he gets all the evil people in the world to hang themselves and murder themselves and commit suicide by the end of the movie. It's insane.
0: Oh, God. (laughs) I might just have watch that, not even on the podcast.
1: Oh no, it's a it's an insane experience for sure. A David Brink movie is an insane experience. Faithful Findings is probably his most entertainingly bad movie. Yeah, there's just a lot of like, it's hard to explain but there's a lot of like him with like a butt ton of like broken laptops on his desk and he's just crushing and smashing them out of anger. Like, why? Why won't they listen to me? I keep writing reports about how the government and corporations and companies are bad and they're not listening to me. And he just keeps breaking laptops. I'm pretty Ooh. sure I'm pretty sure Faithful Findings is on Amazon Prime, but I'm also sure that one or two of his other movies before that because he made two of the ones before it, just as bad and insane, are on YouTube. I'm I'm very sure that his one or two of his movies are on YouTube. Okay. Um
0: okay. Yeah, like um
1: Faithful Findings is one of it's it's that's one of those insane room-like um, uh, Star Wars holiday special kind of things where you're like, why does this exist? Whoever right. thought this would be a thing? And you realize it was the passionate idea of one person and that person just happens to have money and that money allowed him to be crazy for the world.
0: <laughs> um, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Wait, how long have you been suggesting Rollerball? For a while, but if
1: you legitimately want to go Faithful Findings, dude, I'm for it because Faithful Findings is insane.
0: No, here's what we're gonna do. Because you've been suggesting it, and I just suggested it. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be nice because, like, if Zach's if, like, I feel like, nah, never mind. You know what we're gonna, you know what we're gonna do? I'm gonna pick Rollerball, I- and we're gonna put Faithful Findings on the back burner. Since you've been suggesting okay, it so Okay, but long.
1: yes, faithful, faithful Findings is way more. There's way more to talk about in that movie than there is Rollerball. But I also think Rollerball is fun. I, I also think you would get a a lot of fun out of Rollerball. But Faithful Findings is like insane. It's insane, dude. Like it, it's insane. I, I can't explain it.
0: <laughs> okay, we're okay. We'll go with Rollerball, and we'll put um, Faithful Findings on the back burner. Um, uh, Judge Dredd style. So. Here we go. So, right. the list of bad movies. Oh God, in heaven, please be please be kind. Um, The Last Airbender. Toys. The Star Wars Holiday Special. Jesus no. Um, The Wicker Man. Nicolas Cage. Um, Doom, with uh, the Rock and Carl uh, Urban. Troll Two. Every- Sorry, what?
1: I just watched that recently. Oh, boy.
0: Um, Hope you don't have to watch it again. Um, Troll 2, to which there is no Troll 1. Josh Trank's Fantastic Four. Um, The Book of Henry. Bright. Um, David Ayer's Bright, um, which is apparently getting a sequel, but I haven't heard anything else from it. Um, If it's even still on Netflix, I don't even know. It's It's a Netflix exclusive, so it better be. Um, yeah, they're off. Plan Nine from Outer Space, Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh, jeez. Ready to rumble, please. Um, Howard the Duck, Catwoman, and Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, here we go. Spinning now.
1: Ooh, I'm so scared
0: of it! Oh, thank God. Oh no! It's time! Alex, the time has come! Oh no. Oh, it's close again! It's too close to call! What,
1: Toys and Holiday Special again?
0: No, it's between the Book of Henry and Bright! Oh,
1: jeez, we'll
0: do it again. Hold on. I'm gonna message you to verify. Okay? Just because I'm—that's just how I am. Stand by. I—that's just, just how I am. Sometimes I—I I have to. Okay, I put it in the group chat, and now Zach's gonna see it too. He's
1: gonna be like, "Man, we could have been watching Bright."
0: <laughs> but that's how close it was, right there. If you could see it. Uh The
1: yeah, I, I say do it again. I say just do it again.
0: Yeah, the system said Book of Henry, and I and I was all I was ecstatic. But we'll go again. Um, I thought there was some way to visually uh, send these um to the audience so they would know. Skype. Oh no, Zach is calling. Oh no, I've been cut off. Stand by, everybody. Alright, we're back. Okay. Um Okay. Here we go, I'm gonna spin again. Alright, spinning. Please no. Oh, it's coming back again. No! Please make it controversial, please. No! Ladies oh, and gentlemen! The next movie of the Monster Movie Podcast! It's Plan 9 from Outer Space!
1: Oh my god. No! The mother of all bad movies. (laughs) No! Yeah, dude, Zach gets to talk about Ed Wood.
0: Dang it! No! Oh my God! Is it even available? It's probably everywhere.
1: It's. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Oh my Lord. God! Uh, yeah. So this is uh This is the mother of all bad movies, like entertainingly bad movies. Um, <laughs> it is.
0: It's not fast paced. I'll tell you that much. Um, is it a boring? It's forty minutes.
1: I don't know about
0: forty minutes. No, it, is, it, it it I see it's an hour and eighteen move. Hour and eighteen minutes. Oh
1: yeah, okay. Plan nine from outer space. Plan nine from outer space.
0: Plan nine from outer space. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, I think the whole
1: I think the whole movie is on
0: YouTube for free. Yeah, it is. I see it. I see it. Yeah. Hold on. I have to. I have to. I'm gonna share this with Zach. I'm gonna share. It, I'm gonna share it in the in the messenger chat again. Just that graphic where it's Plan Nine from Outer Space. <laughs> plan Nine from Outer Space. Ed Wood. Oh my goodness. The mother of all bad movies, apparently.
1: It is the grandmother of all bad movies. The grandmother yes. of
0: all bad. Oh, I was worried it was his stepmother. Or oh, that's a like weird uncle. So we're,
1: we're in drag, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so yes, this is uh, this is Ed Wood. Ed Wood. Um, he was a passionate filmmaker in the fifties who was terrible at his job. Uh, period.
0: Nobody told him.
1: No, everybody told him. He just didn't listen. <laughs> It's like The Room. It's like David Breen. It's like Troll 2. It's, uh, it didn't matter how many so, people told him that you shouldn't do it this way. They did it the way they wanted to.
0: So, I came to research uh, Fateful Findings, and uh, it's Neil Breen.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry.
0: Neil, Neil Breen. Breen. Let's not insult the great name of Neil Breen.
1: I don't know if he's great, man. He wants to
0: he wants to commit genocide. I know. I'm being, I'm being sarcastic. Oh, Fair enough. Man. So oh my god. Oh man. So I've seen I've seen um I've seen uh Chris Stuckman's review of um Planet from Outer Space, and the stuff I've seen just makes me want to question everything I've done up until this point. Like What?
1: Yeah, every every wrong decision you could ever make is made. It looks terrible. It sounds terrible. The actors are terrible. Just every it's it's hilarious how bad this movie is.
0: Oh man, I'm I think I might be more nervous about this than I was for Reservoir Dogs initially. You should be. okay okay all right okay so oh my god all right plan nine from outer space just just remember people that after next week we're starting a brand new series. yes okay we're not bypassing the wheel we're gonna spin that wheel. Um, if I go to the wheel now I could tell you which ones uh, which ones we're gonna do um, stand by. So, like, um, let me see here. No ads, no ads, no ads, no ads. There's an ad! Dang it. All right, we're good. Let me skip out of this. Okay, so, the, um, series wheel, as of right now, consists of the following. Terminator. All of them. Salvation. Genocide. Even those. Genesis? Yeah, isn't that how it's spelled? Or Genesis? Wherever that Y is placed?
1: It's Genesis.
0: Is it literally spelled Genesis?
1: It's pronounced Genesis. It's not spelled that way, though. It's spelled oddly. So I'm
0: going to say it the way it's spelled. Because that's the funny thing oh, to don't... do. I'm creating content, Alex.
1: Sure. Okay, what are you? <laughs>
0: Okay, the DC Extended Universe, so Man of Steel to Aquaman, allegedly, if Aquaman's truly the end. Um, The Matrix, not the Animatrix, sadly. Um, Maybe we'll let um, Zack go on one of his 40-minute tangents, Um, even though they're not 40 minutes. Um, Indiana Jones, that would be a good one. Yes, the fourth one, too, even though it doesn't technically exist. Um, The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. <sighs> That's gonna be a grind. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Be, yeah. What was that, Alex? It will be, yeah. Yeah, it'll be very painful. Um, Hobbit, and Lord of the, Ring. yeah, Hobbit, and Lord of the Rings. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. That includes the fourth and fifth one. Uh will also be. That though, okay. The first one's awesome. The two, the this uh, two, and three. And there's four more. two and three, two and three. I, I, I love, I'm sorry. I just love, I love two and three, four and five, like four. They just went, they went completely under budget. They, uh, did not spend enough money on that movie. Get away from me. YouTube, uh, um, notifications. Um, and then the fifth one was just like nostalgic, but not that great either. Like I don't hate four and five. Um, it's just like whatever. They're just not very well made. Um, okay, where was I? Fast and Furious. That'll be great. Yeah, lots of fun. It'll be, it'll be fun, but I don't like. The, it'll be interesting because I don't like. Uh, I don't like too fast, too furious. And uh, it'll be it'll be um, weird to see the possible different difference of opinions. Um, it's not great. No. Burton's Batman. So from... Michael Keaton's first Batman movie all the way up to Batman and Robin. So those four movies. Um, yeah. Mission Impossible. That will be fun! Agreed. Um. Besides two and possibly three. I know you guys don't like three and I that three got me into the franchise. Um...
1: I don't. It's not that I don't like it. I just don't. I think it's forgettable. I think it's. I think it's like a, a saltine cracker.
0: I see. I mean, You'll eat it, but not exactly pleasant. It's hard to chew. Hard to swallow. Um, no
1: flip. No style. No nothing to remember by. No pizzazz. It's just a. It's just. It's just a cracker. It's a saltine cracker.
0: Um, seen one, seen them um, all. Rocky. That'd be interesting. That includes Creed and Creed Two. We've uh, we've decided. Um, Sam Raimi Spider Man, not the Amazing Spider Man, because Alex is vehemently against that. Um, yeah, these movies suck. <laughs> Die Hard. That would be a blast. Um, so would. So then Evil Dead. That's in there too. Zach, the suge- Zach or you was that Zach or you that suggested that? I think it was both of us. Okay. Back to the Future. That'll be a pretty fun. Three movies there. Um, Rambo. All of them. Even though apparently the last one is uh, coming out um, sometime within the next year or so. Um, Kung Fu Panda which was the second choice for a possible bypass next to Narnia, which Narnia we did, and that did not end very well. Um, Daniel Craig's James Bond. So, Casino Royale to Spectre. Um, And then Mad Max. That would include the three... Three, right? Three Mel Gibson movies. Yeah. And the much-loved Fury Road. God, I love Fury Road. I really want to talk about Fury Road. Um, and then lastly, uh, Lethal Weapon. So. That is a mixed bag if I ever saw one. It really is. So... That's next week. We spin the wheel of series next week. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. We are doing it. But first, we have to watch Plan 9 from Outer Space. Yes, we
1: do. Gah! Man, you are going to freak out next week.
0: Yeah, I'm freaking out now. (laughs) We better not record at night. I'm going to wake somebody up. We better not. Uh,
1: you'll be fine.
0: Okay, so, all right. Plan 9 from Outer Space. That's next week. Stay tuned for a uh, wonderful episode that's going to come. Oh, God. Oh, man. Plan 9 from Outer Space. All right. Plan 9 from Outer Space. Uh, that's next time. And then the, ser- then the series will and off on a new adventure. Um, so, there you go, everybody. So, talk to you next time when I have a mental breakdown. Um, Alex, say goodbye. Bye. Zach, say goodbye. Oh, wait, he's not here. Sorry. Bye, everybody.